All right, welcome everybody to the second hour of the 24-hour nest. Um, we're here with Renegade Butcher and Kyle. How are you guys doing? How's your day going? Doing great, man. Doing great. Hey, uh, you know, I'm just uh, sitting here parked, grabbing some Wi-Fi. And uh, if uh, I drop off at any point, I'm under a severe thunderstorm warning. It's been raining like crazy, but I think it's just going to pass over me. So anyways, uh, just uh, popping in, saying hey to everybody. Uh, I'm Josh, the Renegade Butcher. My buddy uh, Kyle, I'll have him introduce himself here in a minute. And uh, we've, uh, we kind of hooked up a while back. Uh, I, I run a podcast on uh, home processing and and you know, just meat production and things like that. And a lot of people took interest in it. Everybody seemed uh, really excited about the idea. So yeah, since I popped on Nostra, it's been a really, uh, really welcoming reception there. And my buddy uh, Kyle here has really kind of got into the content creation game recently. He's been on my podcast quite a bit, decided to start one of his own and start his own YouTube channel. So uh, yeah, that's uh, kind of where I'm at. Uh, Kyle, go ahead and uh, throw your, your shit out there. Let people know who you are. What's going on, everybody? So I'm Kyle Peralt. Um, you can follow me on all my stuff. We just did. We just started a YouTube channel. Um, and we also just started a podcast. And basically, we're just going to be focused on what happens around the farm. We run a small farm in northern New Hampshire. Um, and we have a custom processing facility on site uh, that I work out of full time, um, along with, again, raising uh, beef and pork. So... Yeah, no, excited to be here. That's awesome. That's awesome. I I'd love uh, to. Yeah, I'd love to have you guys uh, just speak about what you guys do and um, yeah, just um, anything. Uh, if we have any questions, we'll be sure to chime in. Um, but yeah, so grateful to have you guys on here. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. So eager to learn. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I, I, I'm happy to be able to bring some kind of content to Noster that's not just uh, about Bitcoin and development because, you know, while we love that, and that's that's a big part of what what brought me here because I'm I'm definitely a Bitcoin maxi to begin with, but I, I love seeing technology like this develop, and the whole idea behind it is uh, just liberty and freedom of speech and the ability for people to, you know, self-determine. You know, for us to build something that uh, isn't centralized, which... I, I know I can kind of speak for both me and Kyle, and we've we've seen how that affects us, not just when it comes to the monetary system, but all across our lives, especially the food system right now. Um, and so that was kind of my my crazy journey. Like I, I grew up a goofy nerd, uh, <laughs> like, you know, I had a tech background. I went to school for electronics. I was a ham radio operator. Uh, but but I ended up later on in life moving to Texas because I kind of ended up listening to a podcast about survival and lifestyle design that sort of gave me some really good ideas on, you know, maybe I need to be a little bit more free, have some more personal choice. Came down here, uh, the opportunity presented itself, uh, got on some property, started raising some livestock, took a temporary job processing beer, and it just kind of grew from there. I, I found something that just clicked with me. Uh, I don't know why I was kind of naturally, I wouldn't say good at it, but I adapted to it really quick. I learned very quickly in this this profession. And very few people are able to do that. Like I, I've worked with guys that have worked in this profession 20, 30 years and will learn stuff from me. But I think it's because I always try to learn from them too. I'm always on a journey of learning. So I've uh, I've progressed, moved through several several different companies, 
um, ended up, I ran a whole USDA inspected slaughter floor at one point, and then finally got tired of a bunch of corporate bullshit, stepped out and started just going to individuals and either offering processing services until that kind of became a state issue and uh, educating people, teaching people how to do it themselves at home uh, to become independent from the state and, and the systems that are out there. And uh, then I ran into some people that really kind of kicked me in the ass to uh, start some of my other stuff as, you know, the content creation that I'm doing, the uh, I'm, I'm offering spices and seasonings for people now too. a uh, lot of uh, education and consultation. And that's, uh, that's just really kind of taken off. I've been doing that hard and heavy for about a year along with my other stuff. And that's kind of how Kyle ended up finding me. And he jumped in, started learning it a ton. And I said, man, you have a, a shitload to offer. And he started putting his stuff out there. I started with his YouTube channel and that shit's been, uh, been on point. I, he is doing stuff with video that I have a hard time doing because it's a really difficult uh, medium to, to kind of film while you're doing it and demonstrate it to people who don't know what they're doing, how it all comes together. So he's doing a great job with it. And his podcast uh, podcast concept is really great. My podcast is the Renegade Butcher podcast. I talk mostly about uh, just meat processing, cooking, liberty, just freedom-minded topics. I, I opened it up a little bit so I have plenty of stuff to talk about. And I do at least one podcast a week, usually more. Kyle is going to be a little bit more focused on animal breeds and his farm stuff. And it's an awesome place. You should check it out. Uh, I will let him tell you more about it because it needs to come from him, not me. Thanks, Josh. Um, but no, I a lot of my story is kind of similar to Josh, where it I didn't grow up cutting meat, like doing a lot of that as a kid. I never hunted, anything like that. And I got a job in the meat department at a grocery store and all of a sudden was like, oh, this is something, this is something different. Um, ended up getting an apprenticeship at a small convenience store slash butcher shop in a town local to me. Did that for almost two years, moved on to a uh, more quote unquote gourmet butcher shop that over time I ended up managing three of their locations and just kind of doing all the ordering, cutting, basically running the whole back of the house. Um, and from there, I ended up getting a job at a USDA facility um, up by us. And I was there for almost five years and it was the best job I ever had. I learned so much um, through all the early years of me definitely knowing that I wanted to be a butcher. There was always the cutting up buddies deer and stuff like that just to kind of get experience. But I had never just fully broken down whole cows and pigs and everything. And it was everything I hoped it would be. Um, and from there, we just kind of slowly started building our location on our property. Um, we live on 14 acres in uh, Northern New Hampshire and it is fantastic. Um, we've moved into pork production and a little bit of beef production on the side. That's mostly for fun. Um, but once I started listening to Josh's podcast, we started talking back and forth, became buddies. And they that community was the one that really pushed me to start the channel. I'd always wanted to do something, but I always thought it was going to be super hard to get into, like to crack the door. And as soon as I did, it 
all just kind of falls in place and it's work. You got to figure it out, which is super fun running a farm, the business, two kids. And now all of a sudden video editing at night. Um, but I just try to remember to have fun with it and enjoy it because it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I enjoy the videos that come out. And even if it never takes off, I can still go back 10, 15 years from now and go, hey, that's what our house used to look like. Like, or we did that um, to my kids. And no, I've enjoyed it. And uh, the podcast is the new venture and it's the new hurdle to jump, but we're going to get it done. Um, our My podcast is called Meet the Critters. Um, basically on the podcast, every week we'll go through four categories, either um, cattle, pigs, poultry, or exotic livestock. Basically a kind of rundown of the history, where they came from, why they're raised, and uh, meat quality. And then also just kind of go through my experience with those animals. If I have had any experience with them, either cutting them up or raising them. Um, and then just kind of an overall bird's eye view of what's going on here at the farm, just between the farm and the shop, it's never ending. And there's always something to talk about. That was the most surprising thing about this. When I started is I was like, man, I wonder what I'm going to film. And then day to day, it's like, oh, well, I can toss a camera up and we can get something out of this because this is probably interesting to someone. Um, but yeah, no, it's been great. And uh, being on Josh's podcast a lot, super fun. We have a good banter back and forth. So, <laughs> Well, Kyle's kind of mentioned this before, too. It's, uh, it, it's a community thing. And that's been a huge a huge part of what I've been doing the last year or so. And especially since the first of this year, like I, I kind of fiddled around with content creation and a podcast and everything. And I was not consistent, but getting into it and getting things going and watching what other people was doing that was working. I realized I've got to have a schedule. I've got to be consistent with it. I've got to make myself actually commit to doing this to really make it something. It's, I don't even want to say successful, but just, just worthwhile doing. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that. one of the things I noticed that what I did do that worked the best was community, was building up a community of people that are interested in exactly this. Um, Telegram has been the place for it right now. I would love to see it move to Noster. I'd hope to see something Noster-like that will kind of fill that, that gap and uh, make things work. But uh, for now, Telegram is the best place we have to gather that community and right now it's, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 90 it fluctuates people that are over there every day uh sharing and communicating a lot of times sending vulgar messages and, and and memes back and forth but a lot of education and learning and teaching that happens over there and that's been uh that's been like the backbone of this that's what's driven the podcast that's what keeps me going with it like every morning when i wake up uh, before I jump on another follow, uh, fellow podcaster's uh, stream and, and bullshit while I, I drink my coffee or directly after it, whatever, depending on how the morning plays out, I have an audio question that I put up. And uh, that's just to get conversation flowing or throw something out there. And every day I, I think of it on the fly. Like I come up with something new or sometimes I've repeated it, but most of the time it's something new and uh, throw it out there. 
and I'll do some short form content based on that throughout the day and everything like that. Just to kind of... Oh my God, what happened? Derek? Yo, Derek, what happened? Oh my First room closed. Oh my god, because I entered with the fucking with my phone. Oh my god. I, I opened the room again. I think it's fine now. Is it? Hold up, why are people showing up on the stage? Just, um, yeah, shit happens. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Back man, what did I do? Go away. <laughs> what did I do? I say something wrong. I'm sorry, guys. I need to talk about killing animals. I'm sorry. Don't worry, you're not being censored by anyone. <laughs> I was like, oh no, the suck, suck <laughs> you, got me. You guys accidentally locked the room. What did you do? Yo, we have Derek, no idea what happened. Derek, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Closed oh and like everything cut off. Derek, so I can't, no. I can't join. It was him. Cassie. I knew the whole time Cassie was Zuckerberg. Foxy, God Cassie. damn it. <laughs> Where's Kyle? Or maybe it was me. Or was Kyle, no, no, no. Let me let me know, I guess. I'll tell him to refresh. Hold on. Let me, let me message Kyle over there on Telegram. He's like, what's going on? He goes, did you get kicked out? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Okay, it's gonna be okay, guys. We'll cut the we'll cut the recordings together, regardless. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, it'll I'll be fine. <laughs> leave it in, leave it in. It'll be it'll be leave fine. It. <laughs> part of the it's part of the uh, adventure right there. Oh, oh shit! God. This is insane. There's Kyle. There he is. There he is. All right, cool. Well, anyway, like I said, we throw that. Uh, I made it. That, we'll throw that shit together, and. Uh, the community, though, is really what has uh, kind of kept shit going. So if anybody's on Telegram and wants to check it out, let me know. You can always find the link. I post it all the time. But uh, you can find it at renegadebutcher.com. Uh, but anyways, that's kind of where Kyle drifted over. Uh, he uh, requested to join one day. And uh, I, I will always be a little bit suspicious of random people that message or try to uh, request to join. And I was like, yeah, hey, how's good. it going? How'd you, how'd you find the podcast? <laughs> And because there's plenty of spammers, you know, I need some crypto nut. And uh, he, uh, yeah, he's like, hey, I listened to the podcast and thought your shit's kind of cool. I, I run a butcher shop. And I'm like, oh, really? Next thing you know, he was on my show. And he's been on my show more than anybody else, probably five, six fucking episodes now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's been pretty cool. It's, it's great, though, kind of like what Kyle touched on with the community aspect. Uh, the thing we've noticed between the group. And between what his experience and mine is, both of us came from the background of working in a shop with a bunch of other guys that we've learned from or worked with. And there's a there's there's shop talk that happens. Like we'll all kind of hang out and we'll bullshit. And you, you, there's the inside jokes. There's the uh, you know the the banter back and forth. There's the there's a culture that develops around it. Sort of like some of these nests. Like we all pop in and, and, you know, it, it just develops its own kind of thing. And you miss that when you go out and do your stuff on your own and you're an entrepreneur, you end up missing that. Oh, it's and it's yeah. So, so it, right. And then, then the telegram thing, the community there, it, it was there again. We found that. Yeah. And I see a lot of that there on Noster too, which is why I'm, I'm so big on it. 
why I'm uh, so involved with it, because uh, I think that's where things are going to go. And I'm seeing it across the spectrum, not just with a couple of butchers that are uh, are seeing something that's missing. And maybe that's something that, uh, you know, kind of reflects across society, not just uh, one one particular profession, but just all throughout humanity. We're, we're all seeing a disconnection and a need for things like that. So. But yeah, anyway, uh, Kyle, you got any thoughts on that? I know we got a couple of questions already loaded up in the clip, so you roll yeah. with it, man. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just been so nice to have that community and that communication again. Because it's when you're working as a, like, a working butcher, nine hours of your day is standing in one spot looking at a bench. So the banter you have with all the people you're working with is so important. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, well, I'm not staring at a white bench bench as much, but now I have no one to talk to. <laughs> so it's been super nice. Not even just nobody to talk to. You've got nobody that gets all the weird intricacies and oddities of just cutting meat all day, you know? Yeah, we've had that uh, we've had that conversation where it's right. like there are things that happen to us that happen to like 0.01% of people that would understand. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we'll have multiple times that uh, we'll be on a podcast together and uh, we'll get going back and forth and talking about stuff. And I guarantee you, anybody who listens to that is going, what the hell are they talking about? Cause oh, it sounds you wouldn't like really that. get it unless you were involved with it. But the best episodes, the best episodes are the ones where we get a bunch of audience involvement, people asking questions, oh, yeah. and talking and chatting. And man, I'll tell you what, it's uh whew, it's entertaining and i'm kind of watching the uh the text chat over here they set up for it and uh uh Nosnovets had meant he had actually jumped in with a question i think when uh when sir sleepy had posted this originally like a couple days back so i don't want to like neglect him and uh he was asking uh to you and me what our opinion was on on seasoning both meat or the pan like I'm assuming with cast iron and uh, when and what and how we do it. And uh, you got any thoughts on that, Kyle, before I, I jump in and, and blurt out my shit? I am not as good to my cast irons as I should be. You'd be mad at me for how I treat my cast irons. But uh, seasoning, I, I still have that pack of sweet sausage that I'm actually going to be making this week. So I can't wait to try it. But no, man, like go away with it you still haven't used it I, no you're fine i, I still have charged a fucking bear fat you sent me i haven't done anything with so yeah know, exactly you're good we're even we're even man no no uh <laughs> i'm not the best with my cast irons either but i have a lot of them there are yeah. some that uh that get forgotten about and uh, get reseasoned before the next camping trip uh <laughs> but right. uh, i have a lot of them that i do like to use on a regular basis so as far as seasoning a pan goes uh that's there that's a loaded topic and there's so much debate when it comes to the whole cast iron community uh or i know folks will get into seasoning uh some of the carbon steel pans but really i think it comes down to what oil you use and, and being using a hot very hot flame when you're doing it and not uh, smoking your house up too bad uh, all oils have a smoke point. You want to use an oil, ideally, with a high smoke point because you can get it hotter, cause a reaction you need to make that nonstick surface with less smoke. You want to kind of teeter right on that edge. 
Well, you know what's so great things, for that? That bear fat. <laughs> bear fats would be good. Right, right. Lard is good. What's the best, in my opinion, the top of the line uh, is going to be, and, and I'd say neck and neck between the animal fats and vegetable fats are going to be beef tallow Ooh. and avocado oil. Beef All right. tallow. Think about the fact that beef tallow stays solid when it lard does, and bear fat goes longer. liquid. Yeah. Exactly. All it right. is such a hard fat. It's almost like a wax. It could I almost be a replacement for, for beeswax. So now, would, tallow, you do, would you do suet or would you do back fat? Like if you I have like a really fat would work. I think either would work. I usually use back fat more because most of the time I would just take the things I don't want to bother rendering down. I'll take right. the really clean stuff, render it first, and I'll take the extra trimmings when I'm processing the animal. And uh, I'll just... There are times I'll just toss a whole chunk, like basically a ribeye cap, in the pan and move right. it around as I'm getting hot just to kind of get that that seasoning on. Um, yeah, avocado. Yeah, I see uh, Nasnavet said there in the comments. Yes, uh, avocado oil. Really? Yes. Avocado oil has the highest smoke point of any vegetable oil. So that is why they recommend that if you don't have access to something like tallow or lard, um, if you are searing a steak, they will mention avocado oil because it is the one vegetable oil that will get up to about, I forget where the exact point is. It's somewhere between 450 and 500 degrees before it actually starts to smoke and break down. So that's, that's where I'm at with that. As far as seasoning meat goes though, well, that's a whole Pandora's box of, Oh my God, what the hell? Uh, It could be anything. Um, there's a lot of stuff. I do sell some seasonings. If you want to check anything out or if you have anything you're looking for in particular, go to renegadebutcher.com. If I don't sell it, there's a form you can just put in what you're looking for and let me know. And like, especially if you know quantities of what you're trying to do, um, I can give you a custom quote on some stuff. But I do all kinds of uh, information on recipes and stuff uh, all the time. I mean, you could definitely do... You, you can go anywhere from doing like marinades where you are soaking things prior to cooking them all the way up to dry brines or seasoning after cooking. Um, man, that's a, that's an intense topic. So it really depends on what you're doing and why you're doing it. And there's no right answer because everybody has a preference. And, uh, I like to mix it up. I like to do a bunch of different things. I don't want to eat the same thing every day. And that's the beauty of seasoning, especially if you're somebody that leans more on a keto carnivore diet or, or any limited diet where you're limiting what you are eating seasoning is your lifesaver because you can make things different without having to change the base of it so uh yeah derek down there says he loves hearing uh, fellow cast iron maxis yes and he updated the donation link so hopefully somebody will try that out and see if it works uh but anyways uh, yeah i love cast iron um i i have recently picked up a couple of cast iron pans that were uh, enamel coated and I will say I do like Oh, we've I got like the them. Dutch oven, and I love it. Yeah, I do. I've got a Dutch oven, and I've got a frying pan. Yeah. And I was kind of hesitant. Uh, I've seen a lot more of them recently. I was like, eh, I don't know. But I'll tell you what. The fact that it is a smooth surface yeah. and and that it does the heat retention that gas iron nice. does, it is really a... nice. It is really nice. I've seen some guys, and I know they get a lot of flack from the, the old school, like, original cast iron guys right but there are some guys that will do a mirror polish on the inside of oh, a I've, cast iron pan I've seen like, and who i would love to try it i would love to try it i'm not going to swear by it i'm not going to say it's the best thing in the world right. but my god oh 
that just, uh, that just it, it just makes me hard thinking about. Anyway, <laughs> I just did a I just did a tri tip in the cast iron tonight, and it was delicious off our steer we put in this winter. Mm. Oh, so good! Nice. So Derek says he has uh, vintage cast irons from the Griswold and Lodge from the 1920s and 40s. Man, that's back when they really made those things too. Right. Oh, uh, the stuff nowadays they're 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 good. They're definitely better than the, than the majority. If you are just starting out with cooking, or you really want to up your cooking game especially if you have a gas range or actually probably if you don't it's honestly uh probably better because it, i can go into all that whole ball game anyway um cast iron is a great way to get into it because you can buy a cast iron pan and they're not super cheap for a good quality cast iron pan but they are still cheaper than any of the high dollar freaking Gordon Ramsay pans that you can go out and buy. And they're going to do the job. They're going to do things that your cheap little eighth inch rolled steel Teflon poison filled little crap pan from Walmart will never do. You know, it's it. That's the thing. Every, think about it. Every time you bought a cheap skillet, all the nonstick scrapes off. And where did it go? Well, it went into your food. Um, and Pretty usually much. it ends up all dented and warped eventually because it's just thin rolled steel. Cast iron pans will retain heat and keep an even temperature, and they will actually hold a high temp and allow you to sear meat properly. So if you want a really good steak with a really good crust on it and you don't want to, like, you know, fire up the grill outside, cast iron is a really, really good way to go, and that's just one use for it. So. Yeah, that's what, um, we did. that's what I did tonight. I literally seared it on both sides, mm -hmm. um, tossed some onions and garlic on it, and tossed it in the oven for half hour, 40 that's minutes. That's the other beautiful down. thing. You know, it oh, sucks because the whole thing you know, right, in the oven. right, right. Everybody's like, oh, but it doesn't have a handle where I won't burn my hand off. You can have a little sleeve or grab an oven mitt or whatnot right. and be a man and not burn yourself on the hot metal. And but you can put the whole fucking pan in the oven and it works. And it's well, great. then the best part is once you take it out of the oven, you can take the meat out of the pan, then take the pan, put it back on the stove, make your pan sauce and do all mm -hmm. that. And you're not dirtying four, three or four dishes to get there. It's all in the same right. thing. Like it's exactly. all in the same pan. Yeah. Derek says he uses an, a leather sleeve and it works. Uh, it works great. Yeah. I, I did the same thing. Uh, yeah. The handle sheets are, are, are super cheap. The, uh, I mean, if nothing else, there are many times that I've used, I've been out camping and you're looking around, you can't find it. You've got a leather sleeve. You've got a, a little sheath for it, something, but no, no, grab the closest like piece of clothing or a rag, right. you know, just don't burn I've your used hand baby bibs before. Like it's going right, to right. You're going to be fine. We're, we're, <laughs> I'm not 12. I can figure out how to not burn myself by touching the hot thing, you know? So it's one of those, it's a grown up pan. It's, it's yeah. grown up pan. Um, I, I want to roll back up here before I forget and get it lost in the mix because the text chat's going on and I can't wait till it's integrated with Ness. That's going to be awesome. But uh, Eric Andrews that I know is, uh, he follows uh, all my stuff over on Telegram and the podcast, but uh, he's followed over to Noster and that's awesome. He asked, uh, am I thinking about doing, doing any workshops? And uh, I would love to do some more workshops, do some more education like that. Uh, hopefully in the works. Uh, it's it's a weird place when it comes to the legality of it because it's how you present right. it. You can't just go without being a licensed, at least custom-exempt butcher, and then you've still got restrictions. Go and just process an animal in public and like distribute that to other people without 
the state coming in and giving you a PP slap and saying, no, you can't do this. So, uh, well, I mean, I've literally had somebody show up. No, no, I, like, I, look, I, I if, if we ever catch you doing what we count as an illegal slaughter, it's like a $5,000 fine with potential of jail time. And I'm like, oh, well, that's great to know. So it's, it's how you do present things. People still, thankfully, oh, my God, still have the liberty to be able to process their own animals and, you know, the freedom to do that. And they haven't found a way to outlaw me teaching yet. So... Uh, I would love to be able to do some more of that. I just have to find the opportunities for it. I also have to have individuals who own the animals and the property who are willing to offer me the space to do so and are going to be at least, you know, as, as far as everything appears, the end consumers of said uh, products. So I will show up as a consultant and be able to do those sort of things. There will be, I will be at the self-reliance festival in uh, Tennessee coming up in October. Yep. We both and uh, I know Kyle is going to be there as well. And hopefully if everything works out, cause I know the folks that do run it and I know a lot of folks that are going to be there and I would love to be able to be uh, putting on some sort of demonstration or a part of a group demonstration between me and several other butchers that are going to be there and involved in that. So if you are in this kind of space or you have the ability to make it to Tennessee in October, now is really the time to get tickets for that too, because you get early bird specials on it. It's like, I want to say 75 bucks. Um, yeah, it's, not bad it's going right to now. go up by at least 20 bucks uh, within a few months. And then of course there's add-ons and things you can do like that. Uh, if any of you are familiar with permaculture or any of that stuff like that, if it tells you anything about the caliber of this event, other than 700 to a thousand people are going to be there. Folks like uh, Jack Spearco are going to be there. Uh, Nicole sauce. If you know anything about those folks, but um, Joel Salatin is putting on an extra demonstration with an additional price for personal instructions on chicken processing. So that right there is probably worth the uh, price of admission. That's uh, that's a huge thing. If you know anything that's about uh, self-sufficiency or, or yeah, permaculture or anything like that, if you follow those folks, Joel is probably like currently the most the most prevalent living like like promoter of of some of these ideas of being able to do things more in line with natural natural systems. He's like the godfather of it. Like I've basically yeah. planned my entire, um, all my new pastures that I'm building this year um, are based yeah. on all of his stuff of yeah. just rotational grazing, really letting the land work for you, let the animals work for you. Yeah. And I think anybody life. else currently, anybody else who has been more influential than Joel Salatin in the field of permaculture is probably not alive right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So to fa the fact that he's going to be there, it's like this This is a quality event. I want to say this is going to be their sixth event. So we'll see how it works out. There's apparently going to be like a Bitcoin park meetup in, in Nashville a couple days ahead of time of that. So I may try to make it, uh, like, make it be like a week-long event for me and go out and uh, participate in that. There is nothing on paper for sure yet, but hopefully um if we can make it work maybe processing some or slaughtering some pigs a few days ahead ahead and maybe doing some sort of a competitive butchery breakdown process yeah. slash education oh, type going thing going down. on so 
<laughs> we'll see how it works. We'll see how it works. But uh, we're going to have enough butchers there. We may uh, we may do it a little, little bit of showing off and some uh, educational breakouts for uh, for folks that are uh, showing up. So I would love to be able to be in a position to do four, five, six events every uh, year like that. But I'm not quite there yet. I still have to have like a day job and go make my money somewhere else. So if you guys buy enough seasonings from me, I can probably do a lot more workshops. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're definitely up here. We're definitely going towards that direction as well at some point. I'd love to start doing deer processing classes and stuff like that. I'd probably do like a beef and pork like once or twice a year just for customers and people that are interested in coming to the shop and do and having me work for them it's like well let me show you everything that's on your animal that you don't know about and now you do like kind of thing of helping grow my customer base and also just teach people about the process i say all the time anyone can do this it's just a matter of putting in the time and effort for it like it's really not difficult but the hard part is remembering what you're doing when it comes to this every animal comes apart pretty similar but again it's just the muscle groups the pieces but um i would love to do that at some point for sure oh absolutely absolutely i think it's one of those things anybody could learn to do this but not everybody is going to want to learn to do this it's not for everyone there is an emotional barrier for yeah. a lot of folks and that's okay i understand that i'm not judging anybody for it um but and, hey if there wasn't neither of us probably would have a job if, if everybody did this for themselves but there are a lot of people and a growing number of people that want to learn this right they want to be involved in this because we're seeing so much more of a resurgence of people who want to be more self-reliant. Yeah, they want to know many ways, whether it comes to food, from. money, like, or anything. Yeah. So, hey, I wanted to ask you real quick, uh, Kyle, before yeah. before we start, like just bringing random people up and having them throw questions <laughs> at us live. Uh, what do you think? So, okay, I know everybody here who is listening, who is on Frog Talk, is. They're, they come from the background of Bitcoin and Noster and probably a tech background or okay. something related. And they show up and they're interested in this because it's it, it relates because we're all humans and we eat. But at the same time, uh, it's it's a little different. So you ha are not really technically background. You just sort of showed up and, and you followed along and saw we were super interested in this sort of stuff. What do you what would you say your uh, your reaction as a super noob? to this would be to Noster and and what's your experience so far? Um, I have enjoyed it. Um, honestly, I am not a technically competent person in any way, shape or form, and I'm amazed I'm here right now. But um, honestly, download like figuring it all out wasn't too difficult. Um, I'm, I'm lucky that Josh and a couple other people in our community put out like five or six videos on how to do this in a row. And then I still ended up texting Josh going, you need to hold my hand like a small child through this. <laughs> and honestly, I figured a lot of it out on my own. Um, over time, I have had to be like, hey, I don't even know what this is. And he's had to talk me through it. But um, no, it's been great. Um, it really has. I, ha I will be honest, I have not explored it to its full potential yet. 
Um, I have started. None of us have. I know. I just, All of the people here who, who really know what the fuck's going on, which are way beyond me, have not explored this to its potential yet. I just feel proud of myself that I have, like, a cover picture on my actual, like, page. I see that. I see that. Your hand is up like you're waiting to talk. Yeah. I, I See, that's the other thing. I have no idea why it's doing that. I've been looking at it the whole time. Click but, the hand. Click yeah, the what hand. the fuck? You'll, you'll, I don't know. <laughs> you're good. You're fine, man. But yeah, no, I'm proud of you, man. You you made you managed to make it work. Okay, so there was one morning. Oh, oh, sleepy's over there, just raising his hand and dropping it. Yeah, it was like, uh, a, like a high five. <laughs> he's like, hey, five. Yeah, there we go. That's a new one. High five. All right, sweet. I like it. Oh shit. So, uh, oh, well, so, all right. We're like I said, we're active on Telegram, and right. uh, Kyle ended up. Uh, Listening to my buddy Brian, he runs. I was forced into all this, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he pops over there the one morning, and my, my buddy and I, we co-host a podcast on Lightning, like we have for the last oh since last summer. I don't even know how long it's been, but uh, we got really excited, and we spent so much time in different groups talking to people about how the shit works and how to. Uh, get involved and how cool this was for the average person and nobody really understood because you have the developers all speaking geek and normal people speaking normal people and they can't communicate to each other because nobody really gets it and both of us have a little bit of a technical background of those parties right well both brian and i have more we have a technical background in that we both have been service techs in industries where we've had some sort of electronics or technical backgrounds but we also have worked for the majority of our lives blue collar jobs so we're kind of like a foot in both worlds and you know it just fell into place that we we spent a lot of time helping the average joe figure out how to use this and communicating to people who are way more technical than us like coders and devs and stuff like that that uh hey look these are the things that need to change or these are the things you need to know to get involved with this or that or the other. And we sort of took a little hiatus because I got really into my busy season uh, from doing that podcast. But uh, shoot, uh, with uh, once we kind of fell into Noster and discovered it, we've been fired up and excited about it. Uh, but not totally related to that. There's the tip bot for lightning on, uh, on telegram. And uh, my buddy, has uh, decided he wanted to throw out like a, a giveaway, like 10K sats every Friday. Like you have to jump in there, do the right hashtag. There's a drawing. Just, you know, building participation to his podcast. And uh, Kyle over here was involved with that. And uh, well, for some weird fluke, I don't know, I won twice in a row. And I just said, all right, Kyle, here you go. I said, I'll, I'll, if I win, I'll do donate my winnings to Kyle. And uh, so he got them, and now he had 10,000 sats and had to learn what to do with them. So it wasn't even the end of the day before he, he was messaging me going, all right, now that I have these, how do I do the nostril It was, it was within 15 minutes. I was like, yeah. okay. How like, do I do the nostril I need to figure thing this too? out. What yeah. do I do with these? So, yeah, he, uh, he got uh, kind of force zapped into, uh, into this world. So to put this all in perspective, I just paid for a large construction job with two pigs and a half a cow. So I'm going backwards when it comes to this whole currency thing. So, well, that see that's the cool thing though. We're going, you're going backwards, as in you're going to barter. Right. But this, what we're looking at here is yes, it's super technical and digital and all that thing. fun shit. But 
it's like the electronic version of barter as why is it why is barter superior because it's real shit and it has real fucking value right like it actually means something this is saying wait what if what if if electronic money actually had a real value and had a real meaning instead of we just made it up and said hey let's make more debt so we can pretend more money exists what if there was actually something behind it and that's why bitcoin right I haven't made that hurdle yet. Yeah, I know. I know. You're getting there, though. But, but you know, you see, you you start to see it. That's the, the beautiful thing about it. And you'll hear this. It'll make more sense when you start to understand it. When people talk about Bitcoin, they always mention proof of work. As in, you know, something has proven itself. Something is doing a thing. And it actually does the thing, right? So you can see that, oh, look, it functions. You're actually seeing the proof of work before you understand what that means. So... Yeah, we'll we'll circle back to that. I'm sure. No, absolutely. No, it's been fun. It 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 has been cool figuring all this out and mm. realizing that at a, at 32, I'm at like a 70 year old's technological level. And I'm like, oh boy, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll figure it out. But uh, you haven't. I see uh, somebody in the chat over there. Uh, Henry had uh, popped in. He said, "What's up, Frog Talk?" And uh, he says, mm, "Yes, cast iron. I love uh, cooking my uh, steak on rancid seed oils." Hey, if you had tuned in earlier, uh, you might have heard us talk a little bit about, uh, yeah, avocado oil was mentioned, but uh, we, I highly advocate, if you can, uh, season your cast iron with uh, beef tallow. I mean, lard's fine, too, but beef tallow, man. If, that's if you have that right there, bear dude. fat, I love using that. that bear is fat? I mean, I have not used the bear fat to try to season anything yet, but I am all for it. He says just yep. stirring the yep. pot. Hopefully it's a cast iron we're pot, Henry. Real nice. No. Henry, I hope it's a cast iron pot. Just just stir that cauldron. Let's do it. Let's do it. There you go. Uh, shit. Hey, we, I see we have like, uh, what, uh, another 16 minutes. Anybody want to come up on stage? Anybody got questions? What we got going on here? What do you think? Well, uh I- Sleepy got a question for us. We're bringing a new one up, and um, yeah, man. Let's, one. Yeah, let's see, let's see what new one got. Yeah. Ask my question. What's going on, guys? Great to see you again. Listen, I'm going to fire a couple of questions at you and jump off the stage and just let you guys talk. But I wanted to know, do you guys do any harvesting of my favorite meats, which is rabbit and lamb? And have either of you had or made haggis? Because I had it once, and that stuff is phenomenal. You want to go first, Josh? You want me to go first? You go first because uh, I'll probably go longer. So go first. Um, We used to raise rabbit. Um, We did a lot. We probably do three or four litters a year. Um, And the past couple of years, we haven't just because we've moved up to cattle and pigs and stuff like that. And I honestly just didn't have the time. So now the two breeders we have left just kind of live in a lap of luxury, just kind of like, yeah, we're here now, which uh, is fun. But um, lamb, I don't raise lambs. I am not a huge fan of goats and lamb from a processing perspective. So I hold them. I hate them. I really do. I don't know why. I really don't. They're super easy to process, but there's just something about them. I'm like, I hate these fuckers. Um, we have thought about putting a couple sheep out with the cows, but. Yeah, that hasn't happened yet. And haggis, I have not. I've thought about it. Like, everything's there, but I just haven't ventured down that path yet. 
Yeah. Um, as far as rabbits go, I, I, I've processed rabbits. I've done uh, a decent bit with wild rabbits, but I, I haven't had luck raising rabbits, but my, I'm in Southeast Texas. My climate is hot. Yeah. That's tough for them. It's like nine months of the year. It's, it's Satan's ball sack. It's hot. Yeah. The best time to have rabbits I found is literally in the middle of a blizzard because that's when every single time. You're in New Hampshire. I don't get those. I I don't even get your spring as a winter. You sure don't. (laughs) uh, It's, it's, yeah, every once in a while it gets below 20 degrees Fahrenheit, and it's it's to us that's like, oh, cold. Now, right, I grew up in the Midwest. Man. I understand that. But coming down here, um, if you don't know this, and I see lots of people uh, talking about how rabbits are the ultimate homesteading and backyard, and if, you, if you're not raising them, you're doing it wrong. And I get that. I totally agree. I advocate the fuck out of it. If you see a lot of my, like, meat freedom artwork, it's like, features rabbits. Like, it's a great option for most people, but in a hot climate the buck rabbit goes sterile over 80 to 85 degrees so the the whole idea is that they can breed multiple times a year like four to six times a year and have multiple litters and really one rabbit doe managed properly can produce more meat than a cow in a year in the right climate but it's not my climate so i i refuse to raise an animal that i have to keep in air conditioning 24 7 or or nine (laughs) months of the year it to me it just does not make sense what i can raise other things so i don't um and as far as sheep goes uh i don't have a problem with sheep i i don't have the issue that uh that kyle has against them but uh they are a pain in the ass with the if they're uh, not a hair sheep if they're a wool sheep they're a little bit of a pain to uh, to process and skin because of the extra hair. But uh, with my setup or the way I'll do things, I don't mind it. And I get a lot of folks that ask me to do them. They're, they're fairly small. They're easy. If you can do a deer, you can probably do sheep. Um, I do like them. I like the fact that their fat is very similar to a beef tallow. Um, I love eating them when I do have the opportunity to do it. I'm not in a position to raise them myself, so I don't. Uh, but the ones I have processed, I mean, I, I enjoy the process of doing them. So there is that. Uh, there was uh, another question embedded in there that I might be missing and forgetting, and hopefully I don't uh, gloss over it. Haggis. Uh, haggis. That's right. Haggis. Um, I have not done it myself. I have had it. I've had authentic haggis that was not done in in the organs uh, because there is some weird legality in the U.S. specifically that uh, right. I think it's, oh, it's oh, around lungs. They, they're lungs. worried about something. Lungs, yeah that uh you know so you could probably do it yourself but you couldn't really do it for resale but i've had basically the fillings made the other thing is though the chopped up organ meats like liver kidney mixed with uh, a filler they're usually using barley and things like that barley and oats i believe in haggis um the equivalent to that it's an old french dish that the cajuns down in southeast texas southeast uh, or down louisiana southeast texas missouri Really common. You find it in gas stations down here. They call it boudin. Oh, you got to do that And it's rice-based, but it's meat and liver and vegetables and seasoning, and it's all chopped up, cooked together, and usually put in a sausage casing, but it can be done other ways. And it's fucking delicious. I have never heard of it until I moved down here. And it's it's very much a regional thing. But the if you, if you love it, you love it. If you don't like it, eh, you know, 
I've had folks that just turn up their nose at it, but people who grew up around here eating it, it's it's great. And so, somehow, being a northern boy, I make better Buddha than, than most of the folks down here that do. And I, I make a shit ton of it every year. And uh, it's great. It's got like uh, a celery and onion and, uh, and bell peppers along with different spices and rice cooked together with liver and meat and whatnot. I'm not a big fan of eating liver. But it's a great way to get liver into your diet, too, if you're not fully keto. It is definitely not keto-friendly with the rice. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my equivalent of it. And uh, if you look up, it's actually old-school French cuisine predating Cajun culture. There's two types. There's boudin blanc, which is uh, like what I talked about. And there's boudin rouge, which actually was a blood sausage that would include blood that was cooked into the rice. And uh, that's kind of like the old-school uh, English uh, blood sausage. Have you cleaned your own casings? I've had people ask me to, and I was like, you know what? You know, you don't pay me enough to wash out pigs assholes. They're too cheap. I can literally yeah. get enough to do 100 to 120 pounds of sausage for 20 to $30. I know. It's, I think I am, I think I am going to try it this year, though. Well, I wouldn't mind trying it. I would try. not mind trying it just to know. Um when usually when the opportunity comes up at somebody else's animal and they're asking me about it and right. i'm like look i am not going to be the reason that you get sick because i didn't wash some pig's intestine out enough. exactly so no it's a whole thing yeah it's it know. sounds like a, a whole process it sounds like like kind of a shitty job man yeah hey i see what you did there. uh hey, hey. <laughs> oh shit. anybody else got any questions there or uh we, we can just bullshit for nine minutes if need be. That's not hard. If you listen to any of my podcasts or any of the podcasts where me and Kyle are on together, it's not hard for us to fill time. I no. know when they were first uh, talking about this, they I think uh, it was sleepy. Is like, can you guys like fill an hour? I'm like, I can fucking fill an hour. I do it like at least once a week. And if you get me and Kyle together, you're probably yeah, going to have to put the brakes on easy. because we're going to be like two hours in going, uh, guys, guys, we got other people. We got other people. <laughs> Usually, I have to jump off because a baby's crying. We could we'd go for another right. hour. Yeah, yeah. It's like a weekly thing. If you like this sort of chat and banter, check out my shit. Check out Renegade Butcher for sure. Uh, every Tuesday evening, I will uh, I do a live podcast. It goes out onto YouTube, uh, Twitter, Twitch, all the fun fucking places and shit. I'd love to get it on Nests. I did one last week on Nests and split between this, that, and the other. Um, but just so y'all know, this whole nest right now for the hour that we're on, I'm broadcasting it to mine and Kyle's channels as well on a split screen. So it's going to be out there for us. It's going to be a bonus episode on both of our podcasts. Yay. Right? That's incredible. Uh, we have Free content. Free content. Why not? We, we have Satoshi Tigo over here. He wants to ask a question to you guys. Awesome. Hey, my, my thought too was why not push this out in front of our audiences and have them go, what the fuck is Nostroness? And maybe somebody will come over here to find out. Uh, but yeah, Satoshi, go for it, man. Hey, hey, how are you guys? Uh, happy to be here with the frogs. So um, what do you think about those reality shows where uh, you have kids, you know, doing the uh, the grill and, and uh, some other folks, folks doing the, the smoking of, of, you know, huge quantities of meat? Do you think that's a stage? Is it any good, or what? You, what do you think about it? You know, those on Food Network and other. You want to go with that, Kyle? First, 
I'm not even really sure of the full question. I apologize. Uh, so what are our thoughts on the kids doing it or just the shows themselves? The shows and the stuff, yeah. Oh, because I'll say Barbecue Pitmasters got me through the first three months of my first kid who did not sleep. And I watched marathons of Barbecue Pitmasters. <laughs> They're great. I love them. They're completely staged, for sure. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I honestly, I don't watch a lot of uh, a lot of TV anymore. I, I've been really focused on just trying to work on my business type stuff, and I've also, where I'm at at home, like a long time ago, I kind of just cut the cord. I don't have cable, and when I moved down here, my internet connection has been horrible, which is why I'm sitting in a car right now in a public park on Wi-Fi when I do my podcasts <laughs> because I. I'm, I live in a rural area, and it's really hard to get good internet there, good, solid, like, hardwired internet. So I, I just don't – and I don't spend a lot of time sitting at home. When I go home, I, like, take care of the animals, and I, I lay down, and I go to bed. I get up in the morning, I make my coffee, and I go to work. So I don't uh, – I don't watch a lot of TV there. So I've missed out on a lot of stuff in probably the last decade uh, that's that's been on. But uh, most of the time what I've seen with those reality shows is they're, they're pretty uh, – pretty stage but at the same time getting kids involved in barbecue and smoking and stuff i think it's a great thing oh it's huge the only reason i'm here right now and doing what i'm doing and teaching people about cooking and running a seasoning company i loved trying to teach people i've loved how trying to learn i've loved different seasonings and experimenting and failing and finding what works and what doesn't in the kitchen uh i I've kind of slacked off the last couple of weeks, but uh, I've, I've done like a series on different seasonings and the history of them and stuff like that and short video content and stuff like that. And the whole reason that started out was I, I was homeschooled. I grew up in a small kind of a, I, I want to go into it all, but it was sort of a, like a little <laughs> cultish household almost. It was, it was a bizarre type thing, but I, uh, I was the one in charge of cooking from nine years old. Like as soon as I was old enough to learn not to burn myself on the stove, I was the one in charge of cooking and we were poor. I mean, we, we grew up in poverty. I, we didn't have a lot to work with and I had to learn to make it interesting. So nobody complained with what seasonings were around. So I got, I kind of got baptized in fire in a way with learning how to really cook. And then my whole journey since then from, from there to now has been, constantly growing and seeing new things and i absolutely love it so i think getting kids involved when they're young is a great way for them to learn the skill and whether that's something that's going to be a lifelong passion for them or not uh at the very least they're going to learn how to cook and i think that's something that so many people today don't i mean i know a, an uncomfortably large amount of people that eat 90% of their food, either fast food or ordered in because they don't know how to boil water or warm up a frozen pizza. You know, it's, it's sad that we're in a place where that's the case, but uh, it sort of scares me that so many people don't even know these basic ideas and these basic skills. They weren't taught, you know, they, they didn't grow up learning how to do it. So that's just like a little part of why I like to do what I do is just hopefully teaching people some things because it always surprises me where things that seem common knowledge to me just just aren't anymore and i'll say to the kids thing i mean my daughters have been on kill floors since they were three weeks old i think both of them like 
in the shop next to the bench is a playpen because it's like part of doing this is it's like, yeah, you're going to be in here because one, you have to, because I got to work, but also like, you're going to learn this. Like we're going to figure it out. And I've talked to my wife about it and it's like, I don't care if they never do it again after high school or like whatever point they get to, but they'll have that skill and they'll know how to do it. The point is they'll know how, whether they choose to or not, they'll they'll know how. Right. And it's like, I've put it into the retrospect of like, all right, say they go to college to do something else, like whatever, instead of going to get a job at a coffee shop, they're going to be able to walk into any grocery store that's within walking distance to their dorms and go straight to the meat department and go, give me a cut test. And they'll be able to outcut every single person in there. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Hey, I see. I see. We're rolling up almost here. We got less than a minute, man. Uh, right. You want to you want to throw out real quick your uh, your shit where people can go and find and follow you on the audio side if they just hear this, and uh, yes. I'll do the same. Yes. So we. I am at YouTube, Instagram, and now TikTok at Backwood Butcher six hundred three. Um, my pub keys down here. Um, the YouTube. I'm averaging two to three videos a week. Again, just of stuff on the farm and stuff in the shop, um, breakdown videos of whole carcasses. Um, we just put out our first slaughter video, um, edited gently for YouTube. And uh, yeah, no, come follow us for sure. Yeah, absolutely. If you're interested in this stuff, interested in learning, or uh, you can find me pretty much everywhere at Renegade Butcher. Uh, my pub keeps down here below, uh, below my profile. But yes, renegadebutcher.com. Uh, you should be able to find everything there. And uh, yeah, you got any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to either of us. Let us know. Come find us. And uh, that's why we're here. We'll uh, catch you guys over on Noster or uh, everywhere else. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. It was amazing. Tano, any any last closing words? I, I just want to thank you guys. Like as a novice, this was absolutely amazing for me to learn. And yeah, I have so many questions for later. And I'm going to for sure DM you. And I'm looking forward to seeing all those videos and everything. Thank you so much, both of you, for coming on. I'm going to try to do at least one weekly nest if I can as a podcast. So hopefully that'll uh, that'll open some stuff up for people who really want to ask questions. No, and absolutely. I mean, I'm definitely I post everything that I do do on here as well. So whenever there's a new video out, it gets shared straight to Noster. And uh, yeah, go ahead and follow us. We got some cool stuff coming out. Awesome. And there we go. We 